What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to another edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. It is victory day, baby. Matt, how you doing? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling particularly great about these Chiefs, I've decided to be a homer, Sterling. (laughs) I'm all in on homer status. It's a little unfounded, but it feels much better than being miserable. I'm I'm just all in. I'm done. Don't. Uh, Matt's a very big Simpsons fan, as you couldn't tell. Uh, I... (laughs) I mean, we, like we all thought, Chiefs get that 13-7 victory over the Packers based on their elite defense because we all knew this Chiefs team is built on their elite defense. I, there's so much I want to talk about, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I was at the game, so I didn't get a chance to do the post-game Airhead Addict podcast, and I'm sad. I bet Patrick Allen the whole stone cold Steve Austin and chiefs won. And I didn't get to see it live. And Matt, to be honest with you, I'm a little sad. You missed your moment, my friend. It's like, it's like you won. uh, It's like you won some great contest and get to live that out. I think that if someone makes such a bet, they must ensure that the person who instigated the bet is witness to the bet results. Therefore, I can only conclude that Patrick must do it all over again. See, and that's what I'm all for. I'm I'm here for doing just bets week in and week out. But see, the issue is between you, Verderam, and Patrick Allen trying to bet me, it's like trying to bet a member of Jackass. You're never going to win because even if I lose, I'm out there enjoying it. So... It's it's kind of a win win for me. I, I I am a little upset. I, I missed out on. Apparently, someone was asking, "Where's the the bourbon guy?" Uh, yeah, that was me. Um, I was at the game. I was in traffic coming home. Uh, the game itself, though, uh, for as <laughs> as poor as the offense played, and there's no if ands or buts about it. 
Travis Kelsey had to drop. McCole Harbin kept trying to drop the football. He kept McCole tried to fumble it like six times. He and for some reason the refs were like, "No, McCole, you got to take a couple steps first before you, you before you drop the ball." <laughs> McCole didn't understand the fumble rules. Uh, Patrick was missing everyone. Couldn't throw a, a deep ball. I mean, he had Tyreek, and I'll, I'll give him this: it was windy in Arrowhead, and I don't know if the ball caught the wind and just and just sailed on him. But he had a couple opportunities that he just kind of squandered. Uh, the free play was directly to the Packers' defensive uh, defensive player. I'm like, man, I'm not used to seeing this. End of the day, Joe, end of the day though, game on the line, third and ten, just a beautiful pass on the run. The type of play that Patrick is known for making. I'm hoping that's the kind that gets him going. He was fired up after that play, but you know. Matt, what were some of your big takeaways from that Sunday afternoon victory? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I'm all in. I'm I'm homer status. I am not worried about the offense. I am a believer in the defense. And I pulled out a hymnal and sang a couple songs on Sunday <laughs> to Dave Tobe and his special teams work. So altogether uh yeah i was like uh i was amen and, and hallelujahing all the way um while also consuming spirits so <laughs> i had multiple spirits going on uh look i thought it was great i thought it was um l- look here's what's here's what's lost the green bay packers are an excellent football team it, it's not aaron Rodgers and company they're they're just not uh, you know he earns all the headlines. He earns all the praise. He creates all the drama too. So he is the source of all of that. However, Matt Lafleur, hell of a coach. Uh, that roster has a ton of talent. Jordan Love was is is living out what most GMs would like to do, which is to take a first round quarterback and then set him for a while and let him learn. And the Chiefs just did what they knew to do. So even when the offense sputtered, the defense carried them. You know, Devontae Adams shut down by Legereus Sneed so much. Charverius Ward, big plays. Rashad Fenton, big plays. Deron Matthew, big plays. The whole defensive front looked good. Uh, you know, I was a little frustrated at seeing, like, uh, we could talk about some issues later on. But overall, the defense looked good at all three levels. The offense did what what it needed to do. I mean, they looked unstoppable on that first drive. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think there are issues that crept in um, as the game went along. I mean, the Packers the Packers defense, yeah, um, look exceptional. I mean, they they just looked. I mean, they didn't have they didn't have uh, Jair Alexander, their best. Like like he's one of the top corners in the game, like top two or three. They didn't have Kenny Clark, their best. Um, run defender inside. Uh, and they still played a hell of a game. I mean, they were down like three or four corners and they still played a hell of a game. So um, yeah, man, I just thought, I thought the chiefs did what they needed to do. This is a great tough win. Um, and, and so I left, I was very enthused. I know a lot of people were like, eh, okay, yeah, we earned a win, but, and then here's the asterisk. And I want to erase that asterisk and say, no, they beat a complete, great team and and um and that's all i really have to say about that yeah because at the end of the day if the chiefs do make the playoffs you're not going to say well how much do they beat the packers by or how much do they beat the giants by you'll say those were big games that they needed to win and they pulled it out 
what matters is what you do in the playoffs. At this point of the season for Kansas City, it just means can you make it to the playoffs? You mentioned it. Chavarius Ward was great. Uh, Legereus Sneed was incredible. That play against Devontae Adams, I want to see the all 22 because it almost looked like he mossed Devontae Adams, just grabbed it <laughs> over him, just big boy bullied him. I mean, Legereus, give, give that dude a lot of credit. He busted his dome up on that play, went to the blue tent, came back out, had like band-aids on his face like he was Nelly and was still balling out. I mean, the defense was incredible. Frank Clark, the past two games, this is what Keenan City thought they were getting the entire time. And I get it. You're not going to see the sacks. The counting numbers weren't great for Frank Clark. But three QB hits seemingly was pressuring on almost all of his pass rushes. Yes. He was solid in the in the run game. This is what Frank Clark needs to do week in and week out. I get it. The sacks, the number isn't there. But the past two games, Frank Clark has been incredible. I think one of the most underrated players this game, Chris Lammons. Dude was everywhere on special teams. He almost got that ball over his head. Uh, You know, he was great. Dave Tobe deserves a lot of credit because outside of McCall Hardman on the um, punt return, special teams was incredible. Bucker kicking that 55-yarder. Again, there was a ton of wind, as you saw with Mason Crosby, snap hooking his uh, 40-yard field goal and then getting that other next one blocked. I mean... Give Dave Tobe a lot of credit. This Chiefs team was very gritty because you could tell outside of that first drive, the offense didn't have much going. Daryl Williams running the ball 19 times for 70 yards. It's not like he was busting plays open left and right. They just, they did what they needed to do to get out with a victory. And that's honestly what it means at the end of the day. You don't go by, was it pretty? Was it ugly? You go by the win-loss column. End of the day, this was a W. Yeah. Yeah. And and look, I'm not saying like, I don't want to stick my head in the sand and pretend there aren't issues or there aren't areas of growth, but, but I guess when I say I'm turning Homer status, um, besides like Simpsons jokes or whatever, like, here's what I'm saying. I think I'm more than ever in my fandom of the chiefs. And this is a lifelong love affair for me. I think I'm understanding more and more and more the nuances of like game to game improvement and recognizing as a fan now that like that everything is in process and that the team is um, like, everything's going to like, everything's coming together at the end of the year. That's the plan. So when they sign Josh Gordon and then Gordon doesn't go off for four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown in his first game, I've got problems. If they weren't going to start Melvin Ingram and he doesn't get two sacks, I've got problems in the first game. Like, like, I, I, like, I, I guess from the outset I was like, "Where's Jaron Reed? What's wrong with Frank Clark? What's wrong with Chris Jones outside? What's wrong?" Like, there was all this like panic at the at my disco <laughs> about the Chiefs, and in some ways it should have been. They were losing games they should have won. However, however, at the same time, there was a lot to figure out. Can we use Chris outside? You got to test that and see if Frank Clark is injured, literally, and just playing through tremendous pain or even unable to do that, then it's going to take a few games for him to look the part. Sorry how much he makes. That's how much he makes. It's going to take the time no matter how much he makes. Um, Young players who look better, 
injured players coming back, new players learning the system. Um, I, I guess I'm just learning a sense of patience and I'm learning to go, okay, well, they all three facets of the game weren't great, but they still won and learning to be okay with that, knowing that everyone involved on the chiefs is looking at the end of the season going, that's when we've got to have it all figured out. So they're giving themselves permission to maybe try some things or take their time or learn some lessons along the way. So they're that much better later on. They've lost some margin in the process. That's the problem. And I think that's why most fans would complain. Okay. Well, that sounds good to learn, but you got to win the games to get there. I get that. And I would admit that, but I think at this point, the chiefs would also admit that and go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we've stopped monkeying around. We're playing Sorensen less than we were. We've taken Thornhill out of the doghouse. Demarcus Robinson got the least amount of snaps he's ever gotten the season on Sunday. I mean, like, so all the things that are driving us crazy, like are happening. They're not happening on our time. They're happening on their time and we don't get their time, but their time is the end of the season. If I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes a ton of sense. Melvin Ingram, by the way, did have a couple of big plays. First drive, he did get a he big did. play, and yeah. So Melvin Ingram, and I think the biggest uh, biggest positive from Melvin Ingram, and that's what I said when he got traded here. Chris Jones is now inside. This this was the the biggest reason why I was so stoked about Melvin Ingram. This pushed Chris Jones back inside. It was basically a now we have a reason to move Chris Jones back inside, and it's not a we don't have anyone out there who can play on the outside. I do want to ask you because we always get comments, we always get feedback on on uh, Apple Podcasts. So if you guys actually like the show, please give us a, a nice review, give us something to say. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll answer your questions. I get a lot of stuff about Josh Gordon. What's your take on George, Josh Gordon? Are we going to see more from Josh Gordon? Is this a, hey, we're ramping him up? He looked like he was out there more. I think he only played, I think, 19 snaps, but it, he was noticeably out there more, at least running routes in my mind. Again, I was at the game, so maybe I try to focus in on him. But what's your take on Josh Gordon in this ramp-up process for him? Yeah, boy, that's the mystery, right? I Here's the thing. Three games ago, Josh Gordon played more snaps than ever. Then two games ago, he was like a blip on the radar, like like just a handful of snaps. And then this week, he was back up again as – as um, this was the first week he has more snaps than DeMarcus. Okay, so in some ways, we see that there's a transitioning happen um, over the weeks. That, that even when Josh Gordon had a ton of snaps a few games ago, DeMarcus still had more. So – DeMarcus is clearly trending downward. That's what we've all wanted. We're not sure exactly what he adds that others cannot add. But here's also what I'm wondering. I wonder if the Josh Gordon fit wasn't as obvious. If there's something about the way he plays, the timing that he doesn't have down, something. Like, could this be the wrinkle that is throwing off Pat Mahomes in some way? I I, I don't know. Gordon is definitely out there. He's not getting the looks. He's get like like maybe one target every other game is what we've got, right? So so we've got a, a, a barely looked at receiver that they're trying to force in there more and more, and they're slowly draining the tub of Demarcus Robinson's water. And 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 then like something just really seemed off this week. The first drive perfect. 
And then all these drives in the middle just kind of look stunted. Some of that was not Mahomes' fault. A drop pass here and there on a third down, it's going to kill the drive. That's it. But there were some things there that I'm just like, oh, why? Like, why isn't he looking over here? Is he trying to force something toward Gordon, but then doesn't want to turn the ball over? I don't know. But there's something in the water here that we all can't quite explain. And I wonder if Gordon's presence isn't the automatic thing that I thought it was and that maybe it's even messing with others. No, what do you think? I don't think it's messing with others, I, but this is kind of what I more or less was expecting. Maybe not to this kind of low, but I knew he wasn't going to come in and all of a sudden just be uh, an absolute stud. I thought he'd maybe have more red zone targets. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I thought he was going to be used at least early on, almost primarily in the red zone. What is a little concerning as far as the offense goes is that first drive that looks so good. That's because first drive is typically scripted by Andy Reid. So does that mean Patrick Mahomes is not reading or seeing the defenses that well? That could be a an issue going forward because, again, if Andy Reid script, scripting those first 15 plays, whatever it is, well, those look great. And then after that, it not so great. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. This is probably going to be a very, very hot topic. I'm sure some people are going to be very angry with you either way, whichever side you choose. With OBJ being released, sent away from Cleveland, is that a guy the Chiefs look at? Is that a guy the Chiefs should even kick the tires on? A guy like Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, I, I, you know, I like it. I wouldn't kick him out of bed, right? I mean, like, whoa, man. <laughs> You're married. I love the idea. I mean, I, I am. You have I, kids, I am Matt. You're gonna throw that all away for for OBJ. You Man. think that they don't like OBJ too? I mean, we got <laughs> we're a modern family, my friend. Right? Look, here's what I'm saying. I like I I I don't hate the idea, and if the Chiefs like it, then fine. Yeah, if they like it, I like it. I'm fine to sign off on it. It's also like what like just under eight million dollars to sign this guy. Like where? in the world is that money coming from on this team, right? Like we just traded uh, LDT and then applauded because we got a million dollars out of it. Um, And the moves that we're making are for like Melvin Ingram, who cost $600,000. So, I mean, if there's some secret well that uh, down in Texas that Lamar Hunt dug up one time and there's like (laughs) oil hidden there for Clark to go get, I mean, I'm for it. But I mean, I don't know. I need you. I mean, someone. Oh, tell me how in the world are we going to afford this guy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, that pun was great. I wanted to say horrible. But I'm going to say great. I uh, mean, what do you like? What do you think? How, like, how does that money even compute for you? Yeah, I, I don't know how you'd find a way to make the money work. To, to be honest with you, I don't see how it's possible. You've tried to do everything you possibly can. It would have to come in the in the way of some extensions to guys who maybe at this point you're not necessarily super stoked about extending. Is if there's a way to make it work, would I be all in? Sure. I love Odell Beckham Jr. I think he's gotten a bad rap a lot of times, but one of the concerning factors is look at what happened. Look at what happened with Cleveland. They have for sure played better without him. It makes no sense trying to say Odell Beckham Jr. is not a great wide receiver, saying he's not a great talent. That's just you're blind or you're trying to be a hater just for the sake of, of being a hater. But the Browns have been better 
without Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know if it's the headache. I don't know if it's his dad. I'm sure, to be honest with you, he had to sign off on that video. There's no chance you're telling me Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad is out here just making a video and then he's just going to go ahead and release that. No, OBJ definitely signed off on that. Because he wouldn't be kicked off the team for that, right, Matt? Like, you're not getting released because your dad made something. That's something that you for sure told the Browns, hey, I said go ahead and do it. And so, but there's something there. But, but you just mentioned the Browns playing better. And earlier, you kind of shoved aside this notion that Josh Gordon's presence on the field could somehow be negatively altering the chemistry, the timing, maybe what Mahomes is forcing or not forcing uh, here and there. And we're looking at the Browns, and I'm thinking, boy, that's probably the, the best example of that very thing happening. I'm not saying I'm not saying that's true, Gordon. I'm just asking the question. Sure. That maybe somehow that's happening too, alongside the fact that Andrew Wiley looked not so hot the last like two thirds of the game in relief of Lucas Niang. Yeah, I mean, and also Niang is the I mean, um Wiley's the third string right tackle. Right. So right. no I, I mean, mean there were other factors. I'm just saying I'm I saying, don't I think, think Josh a Venn Gordon. Diagram here. I just don't think Josh Gordon's the reason why his offense is shuddering to a stop. I I think that's just I I think 15's the reason to be honest with you. I think Mahomes has played very very poor. If we're gonna praise him when he does great stuff, we got to criticize him when he, when he does poor stuff and makes poor decisions. Agreed. He, he does not look like himself. He again, I like to say he looks like Chuck Knobloch throwing the ball to first base. He looks like John Lester <laughs> trying to do a pickoff move right now. He's got the yips. It's plain and simple. It's like I don't know what he needs to do. I don't know what it's going to take. He's obviously still talented. He's the same guy. It's just, I think he has the yips. He's he's either flustered or he's not trusting himself. And eventually, you got to say, it's almost maybe a good thing because if everyone else around him is doing the right thing, or at least the majority of the players doing the right thing, having your best player be the one holding you back while you still won two games in a row, you got to say, well, eventually going to figure it out. I yeah. trust Patrick to figure it out. I prefer this than saying the defense is giving up 35 a game. For sure. I mean, if you're going to have one negative, if it's being your best player, you got to at least trust him to figure it out. So, no, I don't think it's Josh Gordon and OBJ. Again, I just have always liked his talent. I thought he's gotten a bad rap when he does stuff that seemingly gets praised. Like when Tom Brady does something and he gets praised on the sideline, OBJ was getting belittled for for doing or saying he's a bad teammate. No, I think OBJ just likes to win. I, I truly believe he likes to win, and I do think there were a lot of issues on that Browns team. It's not like it's Cleveland Browns teams all of a sudden the pinnacle of you know the NFL. What what have they done? They've disappointed again this year. So, I mean, yeah, but they're not you know they're not like the Browns of even a few years ago. No, I get or, it, but or the it, decades of incompetence. But, I mean, but there's real hope there. But sure, and you, when you've had all these top ten draft picks, you better hope you figure it out. <laughs> look at the Houston Astros. I mean, yeah. look at, yeah. I mean, eventually if you get enough early draft picks, you're going to figure it out. I mean, unless you're Oakland, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. But again, I j- just to me, I, I wouldn't mind if there's a way to try and figure out financially to get OBJ. I wouldn't mind it because again, Josh Gordon was a guy who hasn't really played a lot of games since what? 2018. At least OBJ, right. you know, it's a guy in shape, a guy you could probably plug and play. That was my main issue with Josh Gordon was what is his readiness. conditioning, readiness, all that stuff. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, I've got some further thoughts and questions for you on Patrick Mahomes. I got questions on Nick Bolton. 
and I want to talk Raiders. But we'll be right back after a quick break with more of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic podcast. My name is Matt Connor. I'm here with the slightly inebriated um, Sterling Holmes. Uh, by the way, not, he's really not inebriated here. By, by the way, though, I had a legitimate question before we dive back. That into you the know. That, that, that I know. <laughs> Wait. So you sell real estate on the side. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Is that like that's your main gig or, or a prominent gig for you? Correct? Yeah, I, I, I do. I do real estate and I do radio and now I do Arrowhead Attic podcast. So I do a little bit of everything. But yes, I do a lot of real okay. estate. Yes, correct. My question is, your name is Sterling Holmes. Please tell me your business card says that you sell Sterling Homes. <laughs> no. And to be honest with you, I didn't know how much of a problem that would end up being when you try and give people your email and they just put sterlinghomes.com. And I'm like, dude, no, there's an L. You got to put the L in there. It, it, it's actually been a, a little bit of a hindrance sometime trying to receive oh, emails. Yeah, I know. I just figured that would be a win-win for you. Well, you think so until you have an email domain and it's very, very difficult. Okay. Well, never mind. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, okay. So, Mahomes, let me ask you this. Two weeks ago, I trusted Patrick Mahomes' mental health. Uh, and the often stated quote around Patrick is something like, oh, what makes him so great is he's able to forget a mistake the very next play. And two weeks later, I'm thinking back to the Chiefs and just watched the Packers game, whatever. And I'm thinking, I don't know that that's the case anymore. I don't know that we're forgetting mistakes as soon as we make them. I don't know that we're not secretly holding the stress and tension of having to carry this team and feeling the load of expectations of being the most popular player in the league, Um, your family in the limelight, franchise face, commercials everywhere. You're going to go 20 and 0, go to the Super Bowl. Oh, and you're only like 26, right? With a brand new kid and whatever. I mean, like, like there's a part of me that goes out of that whole, like this guy's mental health is a hundred and he's like perfectly programmed to handle all this. There's a part of me that wonders if, if maybe some of that is coming untrue thoughts. Yeah. Cause you want to always think, and I like to almost liken it to a, a great closer in baseball. You want to have that mentality of forget, forget whatever just happened, go out there and, and just do your thing. Right. They always say closers have to have a very short memory. Cause you don't want to think about the game you blew. You want to think about how you're about to kick their ass. You want to have the Mariano Rivera, the Trevor Hoffman mentality. But right now, it does feel like he has that Brad Lidge mentality when Pujols hit a ball outside of Minute Maid in Houston. That's what it feels like right now. Mm. And he, he, he's got to. And I, and, and I get it. It's tough. But I think a lot of it is he's, he's overthinking. He, he keeps telling himself, you know, I, I, I'm drifting back too far. Well, then he starts bailing out of the pocket left too early. And now he goes, well, I can't throw the ball too deep. I got to take what the defense gives me. And then he has a guy deep and he misses him. Or he actually had, he tried to force the ball to McCole Hardman on a one-on-one when Travis Kelsey was wide open in the middle of the field. I just think he's in his dome right now. And I, I say this is the yips. I said it's like a closer who, who who's just not feeling it right now. He, he's going to figure it out. We've seen it too many times before. He's going to figure it out. It's going to take time. I don't know when it's going to be. I'm not going to say, yeah, Mahomes is going to figure it out in two weeks. 
I, I can't say that. That, that. that I would be a liar. I'm not a, I'm not a mind reader. But he's too talented, too smart. He will figure it out. And you're right. There is so much pressure on Mahomes from his family, from all of Kansas City, an entire city. Uh, it's just, it's difficult, man. At the end of the day, he's a human being. As much as we like to think they're robots or gladiators and all this stuff, he's a human. They're going to go through times of, of tough times and tribulations, and it's eventually he'll figure it out, but no one knows when. Yeah. I found I found double digit accounts calling for Chad Henney to step in on Sunday. They're idiots, and I and I just wanted to like wrangle the collective necks of these people and go like, like, are you kidding? Like, have you been watching the same franchise as me? Did you just start watching the Chiefs in like 2021? Like, well, like, like, what's happened um, to this fan base? That you know, I mean, I'm I'm ready for the occasional troll. But when I just saw it over and over and over again, I was just like, what, like, like what's happening to our perspective? I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. Do you want Tyler Thigpen and Brady Quinn and Kyle Orton? Although Kyle Orton, you know, he got that big victory of the Packers. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> oh yeah. Give me Kyle Orton actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. No, yeah, I'm no I know. <laughs> I, and the, the calls to, you know, Veach is on the hot seat or what's Andy Reid doing. It's like, come on. Uh, yeah. They yeah. just went to back to back Super Bowls. If anyone should get a at least somewhat sort of sort of lenience, it's this team, and I get it. We're pissed. It's not been pretty. I, I'm not gonna sit here and blow smoke up your asses saying, Oh yeah, everything's been fantastic. No, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. Sure, there's concerning factors, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It does feel like Andy Reid, to an extent, is they're, they're almost resting the play calls on the laurels in the past two, saying it's worked in the past, so it's going to work this year. I, there's, I, I believe some of that, but to say fire him or he's on the hot seat, that's just silly. Calm down. Calm yeah. down. Calm down. Um, I want to talk about your favorite guy, and then I want to talk Raiders. But I had to bring this up because if I'm, if I'm upset by anything from yesterday, from Sunday, uh, it's this Nick Bolton. I think I'm, I think I got my facts straight here. Nick Bolton played less of the team's defensive snaps on Sunday than ever and ever than ever. He just got done winning rookie of the month, defensive rookie of the month in the NFL. He just got done laying the wood on Derrick Henry and showing up strong in consecutive weeks. And then yesterday, because Anthony Hitchens is back, he's playing less than ever. What the hell's going on, Sterling? Make yeah. sense of it for me. Yeah, I was pissed. Um, at the end of the day, though, I do want to say this. And wow, I sound like Eric B. Enemy. I don't know how many times I've said end of the day. I've been listening to way too many of his press conferences. <laughs> way too many. Well, it is kind of the end of the day. It kind of is. You know, it's 439. And the sun's going down now because it's daylight saving time. It's Bull, okay. It, it was pretty waking up. I'll give it that. I hate him. I'm, I'm gonna drive home dark. No, but and I want to be pissed because yeah, that's not the way you treat Nick Bolton, who just won defensive rookie of the year. But Anthony Hitchens played really well. Give him credit. I I was trying to find a way to say this is this is bullshit. You know, I, I hate this. Look at Anthony Hitchens. He just blew this. Anthony Hitchens played pretty well yesterday. Um. I, I want to see more Nick Bolton. I think the stat was, or the snap count was 43% of snaps for Nick Bolton. 43% of the, of the snap count went yeah, to Nick his Bolton. Fir, his first game under 50% of the snaps. Yeah. And, and, and 
you don't like to see it, but Anthony Hitchens played well. Nick Bolton played well in limited time. Willie Gay Jr., I, I saw him go off the field a decent amount, especially on third down. Dorian, or not Dorian O'Daniel, uh, Ben Neiman. We always rag on Ben Neiman when he when he bleeps up, so give him credit. Ben Neiman looked decent yesterday. I saw him multiple times putting guys in right spots. The defense as a whole played great outside of that one Dan Sorensen play and a couple times by one Thornhill. One Thornhill on that play to Randall Cobb. If that yes. was Dan Sorensen, entire Chiefs kingdom would have been up in arms because it was one Thornhill. We all turned a blind eye. Um Outside of a, a couple plays here and there, this defense played extremely, extremely well. Um, yeah, I'm pissed. He only played 43% of, sna- of the snap count, but at the same time, results, it was pre- it. it was pretty. And so I don't I was trying to bait you. you didn't I know. Take it. You I, didn't take it. I, well, had, I, I wanted to go off. Perspective, my thank you. I, who would have thought that I had nuance and perspective, but I had to show it because end of the day results are what matters and end of the day. <laughs> they had good results come on i had to throw it in there at the end of the day it's the end of the day like you're you're gonna say that someday okay well sorry what was your perspective then on that since apparently i was very nuanced no no no, no. i think it was great I, th- I think you're right i think you're right because all you gotta do is say well how'd you think the whole defense did and i would say oh they did great and say well what are you complaining about and i'd say oh yeah i'm done shut up right so you're right. I, I would just like to see Bolton get more. I mean, at this point, we're nitpicking. If you hold, you know, Green Bay to seven points, even with or without Aaron Rodgers, that's a hell of a. They're doing well, so I shouldn't complain. Yeah, I mean, but let me put this in this perspective: if the Chiefs played Houston and they held Davis Mills and that horrendous Houston team to seven points, you'd still say good job. And everyone else on this Packers team is much better than whoever is on Houston outside of like Brandon cooks. So it's a good job. It's seven points holding them to a team, holding any NFL team to seven points is impressive. I don't care who is the quarterback. True. True. Well, let's talk Raiders. Cause that's next. It's Raider week. Um, which really we should just call it hater week because we're all in a bad mood knowing that they're like, I don't want to see Raider Cody on Twitter. I don't want to like see the dumb fans. I don't want to see that big like nest thermometer of a of a uh, a stadium out there in <laughs> Vegas. I just don't want any of this. But I got to go through it anyway. I got to read Der- David Carr tweets about his brother. Ugh. This is just a, a bad week. Uh, but do you think it ends up good for our guys? Yeah, I do. I actually. Um... I picked Giants over Raiders last week and worked out. I'm, I'm, I think the Chiefs beat the Raiders this week. The Raiders have so many issues. I'm going to say it. I almost feel bad for Derek Carr. Dude is having a very good season, and everyone else on the team's like, hey, guys, I'm going to be the biggest dumbass you've ever seen. Like, threatening to, to kill some guy? Damon Arnett, what the hell? Crazy. Henry, Henry Ruggs, that's horrendous it's extremely sad so tragic um i mean if you look at that draft what the hell is was it mayock what the hell is he doing is he not even throwing throwing darts would be better those two draft picks are now off your team lynn bowden he's now in miami never played a single snap for you brian edwards is a de facto starter now because your first rounder is no longer there their best player is like a backup guard. It's incredible the lack of drafting ability. It's just 
I, I think the Chiefs handle them. I mean, John Gruden, he's out. Do you think Andy Reid would ever do anything like that? I mean, it, it just we. I, I want to say this really quickly because everyone's you know saying well the Chiefs have had a relatively easier straight or relatively easy base on what they thought was going to happen, and that's true. But also give the Chiefs credit because they have guys that take care of business. Like Mahomes is vaccinated, or Mahomes took care of all the precautions necessary, so he didn't miss the game. Aaron Rodgers didn't, so he did. Like with the Raiders, they have all these guys doing off this off the field stuff. Their head coach is getting canned. That's not happening in Kansas City, right? So at some point, yeah, blame those teams, but also give Kansas City credit for not being a bunch of boneheads. I know Frank yeah. Clark did his stuff, but at least that was, I guess, the off season. At least he's handling it. I, I don't know. I, I just. I don't like just saying all these other teams are a bunch of dumbasses. Kansas City is getting lucky with strength of schedule. Or I want to say maybe give Kansas City some credit for at least being better than some of these other teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. You know, when a lot of guys come to Kansas City, they praise the organizational culture. And when we're talking about the Raiders, like that's what comes to mind is the contrast between the teams. I, I, I just have to wonder what evaluative measures are there in Las Vegas for anyone who steps in that building in terms of character. Is there anyone? Because the head coach is a total clown making misogynistic comments, homophobic comments, racist comments, um, you know, there in the past. And then he gets found out Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett. I mean, we're, you know, we're talking about two guys that are now gone um, because of their off the field, you know, behavior and or tragic uh, events that took place, you know, while they were being, uh, reckless, careless. Uh, I, you know, I. It, it's not the first time. I mean, the Raiders have always kind of been known for being even dirty on the field at times. I guess I'm thinking of like Bill Romanowski admitting that he like once grabbed a guy's arm and broke it in a pile of like when people were tackled and it ends up being one of his own teammates. So, yeah. you know, like I guess that stuck with me all these years too in terms of the Raiders. I, I, I don't know. I mean, at, at some point, Bruce – is a Bruce Allen? That's not Bruce Allen. That's uh, the old um, Washington football team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Bruce Davis, right? Like he's uh, Al Davis's son, yeah. Mark Davis. What's wrong with me? Uh, I just yeah, Mark, call Mark Davis, the, the guy with the worst haircut in the entire that haircut. World. How can is you like have that much money and then say, yeah, you go to your barber and say, yo, do what you want? Like, how the hell is that what you come up with? And it has to be well, a joke. I get it, but I've had some questionable haircuts too. Sterling. Yeah, but maybe I mean, one I time. If I, look, if I if I look back at your school pictures, maybe I'd find something. I oh, sure. I had a mullet for a long time, but a mullet looks better <laughs> than putting a bowl on his dome and cutting around it. Maybe it looks better than a mullet. I've never seen him with a mullet. No chance. I'm trying to be an apologist here for Al Davis' son. All I'm saying is, um, now I forgot what I was saying. We started talking about his haircut. I guess it doesn't matter. The culture something, surrounding something, the Oakland Raiders. Wrong with that. Something's wrong in that organization from the very top down. Someone needs to go, okay, who was responsible for who we're letting in the building? Staff, coach, and player. And and then you've got to reorganize that entire process because the Raiders are a dumpster fire. The Chiefs are hitting them at the exact perfect time. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to be even close on Sunday. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I will say, if they didn't know about the John Gruden stuff since that just came out, then I, I don't necessarily blame them for hiring John Gruden because if they didn't know, they, they're, they're, not, they're not looking through his emails from 10 years ago. So I don't blame them for that. But some of the players, 
yeah, you got to have some sort of character assessment. And I get it. You're trying to feel the football team, not a church church choir. But at the same time, you got to find guys who will at least be able to play on Sundays. So I'm with you. And yeah, I think the Chiefs, they take care of business here. The Chiefs. They know, and and I'm really, truly hoping that last play of the game that sealed it against the Packers, Mahomes was fired up. Mahomes, he was enthralled. And so I really hope that that's the, the, the match or whatever you want to call it, just the thing that gets this team going moving forward. Because if the defense continues to play like this, if the defense continues to play this stolid, this stout, like nails, there's no reason to think they won't. This is a complete team then. We're almost, we're waiting for the offense. We're just waiting for the offense to wake up. If this defense stays the same like it did, you know when they won the Super Bowl, the defense all of a sudden turned on a switch? Uh, maybe this was it. Maybe the defense turned this switch on and now they're just waiting on the offense. I think so, man. I think so. Before we go, I have one question for you. We were talking about closer mentality earlier. You said... You need this and not that. You need Mariano Rivera and not Brad Lidge. What kind of, like, when you said that, I thought, uh, I kind of have like a Jeremy Guthrie mentality. I don't know. <laughs> like, what, like, if you had a mentality, what would you, like, what's your mentality, my friend, today? Dude, it's just like, bleep it. Do what you do best. Trust yourself. You know, it, sometimes you just have to trust yourself and don't overthink. It's the same thing if you golf or if you play sports. For example, if you golf. The second you start overthinking, you're screwed. It's going to snap hook. If you go up there going, I'm about to bomb this shit, you're going to bomb that shit. You know, if, if you're playing basketball and you step up to the free throw line and you're nervous and you're, and you're going, I'm Ben Simmons, I'm not going to make this. You're not going to make it. But if you go up there, even Giannis has the attitude of, I'm going to make this. You might not, but you have to have that uh, the attitude of, I'm going to the rim. If I get fouled, I trust myself. So that's what I want Mahomes to have. Mahomes is so talented. He's the most talented quarterback in the NFL. I want him to go out there and say, I'm making this throw. I'm going to do it. I don't care what happens. I'm going to go out there and make the throw. I don't. I can't control Tyreek dropping the ball. I can't control Travis Kelsey dropping the ball or McCole Hardman. I'm going out there and being me. That's what I want to see from Patrick Mahomes. I dig it. I All dig right. it. All right, I'm glad. So you're saying you have like a Greg Holland mentality. Greg Holland, Wade Davis. Check, please. That's what I'm trying to see over here. All right. I, I think I'm more of like a Luke Hochevar. And you even butchered his name. Come on. Hochevar. Hochaver. Hochaver. Uh, I think you pronounce it however you prefer to say it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, we got to go. That was that was it. That, that was the final straw. Thank you guys for listening. This was the Airhead Attic Podcast. Uh, this was Matt Connor and Sterling Holm. Take a look out. Keep on the lookout for Airhead. <laughs> Airhead Attic Podcast with Patrick oh, Allen Jennifer. and Matt Verderam later on this week. They'll probably have less puns. I'm sure you'll hear some great stuff from Verderam getting some uh, some yelling oh, in, so, so take a look out for that. Matt, oh, thank you so there. much. If you want to drop us a review, uh, wherever you guys listen to your podcast, we'd much appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. We are out. Oh, Jeff Air.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.